welcome to From the Rookery End. My name's John, uh, and uh, well, I'm on my way home now. We've been to Wembley, and uh, what a weird place. But uh, we, uh, this podcast is a little bit of a short one with uh, myself chatting with Mike uh, and Colin and Kieran. We're going to talk about the transfer window, we'll talk about the FA Cup draw and this game which we've just seen at Wembley. Uh, most of it was called at half time, so uh, <laughs> it's a slightly different feel to half time bit than there is the full time bit. You probably can guess why. Thank you for downloading the podcast. Maybe you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and follow us on social medias at Wolf Podcast on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. So let's go back in time to half time at Wembley. And it's half time uh, and it's 1-0 to Watford. Uh, Kieran's with me, Colin's with me and so is Mike. Kieran, uh, 1-0 came in the 38th minute. Uh, didn't feel like that was going to be the score, though, really, as, as, the, as the game went on. What was, what was your take on Watford's performance? I mean, it's been scrappy from both teams. Mike was saying beforehand it didn't, didn't look like that was going to be the case. And I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll take that 100%. I think Javi's got his game plan right. Normally, we see Watford play with quite a high press, but they're allowing Tottenham to have the ball. They're quite, sitting quite deep because what Tottenham are looking to do is to get Son and Eriksen beyond Llorente. And if we sit deep, they haven't got the opportunity to do that. So I think we've got the game plan spot on. It hasn't been the best of halves, but actually, do you know what? I don't really care because we're winning and I think we've we've done all right. It's not been vintage, but it hasn't had to be because Tottenham haven't really been great either. It was a little bit, though, you said that, that as, as a tactic. Yes, it's working um, to at the moment, but it's quite frustrating to watch. It is frustrating to watch, but how many times have we come away to Tottenham and seen us get nothing? So I will happily take a frustrating you know, uh, tactic once in a while if it means that we come away with something. And other than a couple of half chances, Tottenham haven't really troubled us that much. Ben Foster's had to be on his toes, but how many times have we seen Ben Foster this season have to be on his toes? So no, I, think, I think we're doing all right. I think, you know, still 45 minutes to go, but I'm pleased with it. Before we get too much into the game, I think Kieran summed it up nicely there. I think we have to be remiss of us not to mention this peculiar atmosphere here this evening. As the game went on, I thought this would be exactly what it would be like if Watford played a pre-season friendly against Crystal Palace in Arizona. <laughs> this is what I'd expect the atmosphere to be like. The ground sort of, what, a third full? Top gear uh, is completely empty. Top completely empty. It's a very, very bizarre atmosphere. And I think we've said that every time we've been here to watch Watford against Tottenham. Um, and I think, that, I think that lends itself to these scrappy games sometimes when there isn't that sort of, you don't get that frisson, that atmosphere from the spilling down from the crowd. I think the game often tends to reflect that and the whole thing has been pretty unsatisfactory, I think, to, to, in, in many respects. It's an away day, it's one Tottenham away at Wembley, you think, oh, I need to go because it's close, but you don't relish it like you'd relish Tottenham at White Hart Lone or Tottenham <laughs> at the new game and it's uh, at the at new ground. It's... It's been a difficult watch. Absolutely thrilled, absolutely thrilled to be ahead. But I've never been in a way end with a more muted celebration for a goal than that. The whole thing is just weird. I can't get my head around it at all. I have to say, lads, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's been one of the best games of the year. I think, I think we've looked really organised at the back. I think Yanmat's having a really good game. I think Holobas is at his irascible best. And Cathcart and Mariapa seem to be handling Lorente particularly. He's not getting a sniff and he's starting to get quite frustrated. The interesting thing about Sun, who is the clearly their best player on the pitch at the moment, the one that we're most frightened of, is that every time he does one of his jinking runs and then knocks it in and Foster picks it up, his head goes down, he puffs, he strolls back, he's tired this boy, he's not going to last 90 minutes, he can still hurt us in the next 20 minutes, but eventually they're going to have to take him off because they can't push him to that extent. So for me, Cleverly uh, and Kapu uh, 
and Hughes have been doing really hard, good work. They've obviously got a plan, very well organised. Two banks, well, bank of four, bank of three, and even Delafoe and Pereira have been coming back, uh, trying to cut off their full-backs. So Danny Rose isn't getting much out of, uh, out of anybody because he's got Hughes and Yamat to look after him. On the other side, I think it's Aurier, is it? Yeah. Uh, so he's got Pereira and Holobas. That's no fun for anybody. <laughs> so uh, or even though Pereira doesn't do a lot of... Yeah. sort of challenging the air but it seems to me that what Javi likes to do in these games is he likes to get rid of the first half so he's thinking nil all first half and then we'll have a go at it in the second half we get 45 minutes out of the way we get some tired we get some energy into, they've been doing more running than we have even though yeah. they've had more of the ball and that's because we've been well organised and actually I, although it's not a great game to watch for the neutral as a Watford fan you think we couldn't do this a year ago we couldn't do this really six months ago and three seasons ago we wouldn't have had a chance of doing this we've been all over the place as we were on that New Year's Day when they tonked us because they got behind us again and again and again and scored goals they are missing Kane I think if Kane was on the pitch they would have scored but nevertheless we've done the job that we came here to do and we've got ourselves a scrappy goal we've got our noses in front now what do we do now yeah. do we do we really try and play a deep game and let them come on to us or do we do we now switch it bring on success uh, maybe bring on a more mobile player and start to press them so that they start to get more tired because they weren't looking great Tottenham I, know they didn't, I mean they were definitely better than us in the first half but they weren't looking at their absolute best so I think we've got a chance Well it is only half time uh, and there's another half to go and we'll see how we feel about this game uh, after 90 minutes not just after 45 uh, but Colin it's, it's the, the day before this transfer window finishes uh, yeah, we had a podcast a couple of weeks ago where we said we weren't expecting much, we weren't desiring much. We had a things we would like to happen, a centre-back, a, a striker, but it's just been... It feels like nothing at all has happened. Well, it's a bit like our cup run, isn't it? Uh, everyone seems to get excited. They'll put, we'll put Watford working on the telly because that might be an upset. We win it 2-0, then go up to Newcastle, we get pelters for changing, making 11 changes. We win it 2-0, we stroll back to Watford. I think this transfer window, in truth, we're not really desperate for anything the way the season's going. So there's no need to go out and spend loads of money. They were, they were after this Korean centre-half who's gone to China. There's been a lot of talk about midfielders in Spain and France. None of it's come off. The more worrying thing is that We've come up above the radar a little bit. AC Milan, very interested in getting hold of Delefeu. Torino have been sort of chasing Pereira. Whether, they, whether it's really attractive for those two players to move right now, I think it's unlikely. The one that I think might, even though I disagree with it personally, maybe you can tell me I'm wrong, is this thing of Chalabar maybe going to Villa on loan. For me, I think we'd be better off to keep him close, let him play in the cup game, try and get some minutes into him, bring him on in a game like this maybe for 20 minutes and just... Just try and keep him close because we need him in the future and we don't want he's been sent out on loan all his career and I just worry about the psychological effect of him going off on loan again, even though he'd play more football than he would with us. But uh, that's that and I think that might I think something might happen with him. Well we, we know there's still time on that to, to see what happens. Uh, and well we'll have a good chat about whatever did really definitely happen and wasn't uh, copied uh, and translated from an Italian uh, media. Disagree with me about why they should send Chalabar on loan because I, d I don't think it's good. I don't, I know you well, I know, I know exactly the point you're making, but I don't know if those are the problems he has. My gut says he needs to play a lot of football. Yeah. Your reasons, your worries, I would completely agree with. What I don't know is, are they the problems? Yeah. Is he against this move? Is he actually going, no, I just need to go and play some football uh, because he knows his injury is whatever it is we don't know the details of it so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll figure out as it goes and I'm sure we'll hear about more the, the thing about it is that at the moment Queener is definitely ahead of him in a pecking yes. order yeah. so that does mean that he's less likely to play than Queener yeah. so that's not good for him 
The FA Cup draw, Michael, you know, we won the game, we covered it uh, from our homes uh, this weekend. Now, the, the draw was uh, annoying because for the second round in a row, we don't know who we're playing for a little bit longer because of a replay. That's not going to happen next time because there are no replays in the fifth round. So we've got either Portsmouth or QPR away. Do you fancy either? Was it, was it a, the magical lower league draw that you wanted? I think it's got the, all the makings of a fantastic draw. Speaking from a supporter's point of view, away at, at Portsmouth, it's got all the makings of a great day out. Nice short train journey, about six million pubs within walking distance of Fratton Park. It would be a great atmosphere down there. They'd be licking their lips at the opportunity of knocking out a, a Premier League team. There's a raucous crowd down there. They fill it regardless of who's playing. So from an atmosphere point of view, you looked at St James's Park and what was there, 30-odd thousand there. It's, Fratton Park would be a sellout, no doubt about it. It'd be a tough game, really, really tough game. But of course, winnable. What I love about this tie, check the uh, Portsmouth Twitter feed. Oh, that's a winnable tie. Check the Watford Twitter feed. That's a winnable tie. Check the QPR Twitter feed. They're all saying that's a winnable tie. So we're all in it. We're all up for it. Um, and QPR, similar. A, a, a nice local away trip. Chance to have a few beers and something to eat in the afternoon. Tight little ground. It'll be a big crowd. Big Watford away following. So I think for me, as a supporter, what you want is that you want a bit of excitement from it, don't you? you? You know, the Woking one was great. It got us up and running. But in terms of, it was a bit of a novelty more than anything. Newcastle was a, a bridge too far for too many of us. This one, it feels like you've got a little bit of crackle about it. And, and I'm really excited about it as a, as a supporter. And it is winnable of the two. And it might sound bizarre looking at the, at the various at the league tables, but I prefer QPR. Because I think Portsmouth will really have their dander up. The crowd down there is is. is crackers the atmosphere they can and generate at, um, at Fratton Park can be febrile and I'd be interested to see how our, our sort of however many changes we make would, would cope with that and uh, they definitely have a point to prove so I'd, I think if we if it's down to football alone I'd rather we, we were at QPR but I, for me as a supporter I'll be doing my best to get to either of those and I think they're real that to me is an FA Cup fifth round cup tie and uh, yeah I think it's a great draw for us. So three topics in this first half of the podcast none of which are complete at FA Cup Transfer window and this game of football. Let, let's go back into uh, into Wembley, the uh, slightly emptier Wembley, uh, and see what happens uh, when the Hornets are kicking towards the away supporters. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans. for Watford fans from the rookery end. Oh, there you go, a draw, Michael. <laughs> Watford three, Tottenham Hotspur three on aggregate this season. I would have taken that, wouldn't you? Um, well, yes, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, disappointing, really, in the end, wasn't it? I mean, sure. Yeah, OK. All right, John. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, it felt like we were... I wondered whether we were going to sneak a result after somehow withstanding an absolute battering for uh, virtually the entire second half. It was a very, very difficult watch, wasn't it? Um, and then also the, the goal went in. Son, no surprise, uh, got the equaliser. And I thought, ironically, I thought we started actually... We, we shored up a little bit after that and looked a bit, little bit... Um, a little bit defensively, a bit more assured after they they scored, um, but then I think it was too easy. The the winner was disappointing. They uh, too easy to get the cross into the back post. I think Will Hughes was in the sort of covering the right back uh, position. It looked like to me, and he was able to stand the ball up and uh, head it in at the at the back post. So a disappointing way to go. Um, <clears throat> But to be fair, you know, on the second half performance, Tottenham absolutely battered us, I thought. Well, Kieran at half-time was talking about it being a tactical thing, to go a bit deeper, to, to make sure things weren't happening. The, the, uh, we weren't going to break on us too, too quickly, but it, we, we basically went rope-a-dope there. It was just, let's, let's just take the punches. It was really one-sided. And I don't mean, like I say, that it was then battering, but we did, I did allow it maybe a bit too much. 
Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, they threw on attacker after attacker after attacker. I mean, their last substitution was um, Jan Vertonghen off for Lamella on. So that tells you the state of the game. And like you say, it was roped up. You were up against the, on the ropes and, and taking an absolute um, beating. Andy turned to me at one stage and said, Crikey, where's the cuts, man? We need uh, you know, plenty of boxing analogies there this evening. Um, and, you know, they could have scored earlier in the second half. Was it Lorente that put one over yeah. um, when, it, when it was easier to score and uh, the header went wide? And, you know, they had plenty of plenty of chances to, um, to, to, to put that one to bed. So ultimately, no surprise. But having got so close, disappointing. Yeah, but at no point did... Oh, well, turning the second half, it didn't seem like we were going to score. There were the odd chance, but nothing... Well, we had a good huge. success. The, the, the Isaac success chart was one that, that stood out for me when he came on it, sort of came to him round about yeah. the penalty spot. Was yeah. it further out than that? And he had to... Uh, he had a you know, instinctive shot and goal. He managed to get his shot away, and I don't know how wide it was from our, from our vantage point. It looked like it might have been a yard or so wide. It looked pretty close. Um, but certainly his best contribution at half. And if you're going to get a result in games like that, this, this, like this, these, those are the opportunities that need to go in. You need a bit of luck if you're going to um, come through a, a barrage like that. And we, and we didn't get it. You know, what are we missing, Decore? Is it, is it is it simple as that? That midfield which just wasn't quite as fluid, wasn't quite <coughs> as robust, even. Yeah, I think so. I think it's I think it's fair to say every time that Decore hasn't been in the side, we haven't we. It's rare, we're never going to say well we look better because Decore wasn't playing, um, and that might sound obvious. But I think we, he is a he's a big miss for us, isn't he? I thought cleverly had a, you know, I'm always quite pleased to see Tom in the side because you know what you're going to get. You think he's going to rat around, he's going to be hard, he's going to dispossess the the opposition, he's going to be a thorn in their side. But I thought today he was a little bit off the pace, certainly in the first half, and he was substituted in in the second half and uh, and ben, ben Wilmot came on and didn't really get into the game that's certainly not his fault at all but to answer your initial question yeah I think Watford without Decore is a different different proposition um, interesting that when Delafeu talking of D's Delafeu was substituting he looked pretty either miffed, miffed yeah surprised sort of confused um, whether he's got one eye on sort of trying to force through this move I don't know um, but he was certainly you, you want to see players Teed off to yeah, be. It was, six, it was 60 to... minutes when he went off for, yeah. and that did seem a little bit not a backward step, but a definite. Let's think about this defence. Let's think a bit more defensive minding, and maybe on the break. And I don't know if he was tired. Didn't seem well, tired. I think you'd, you'd expect you'd hope from Isaac's success that he could hold the ball up a little bit more because with with Troy up there on his own doing that role, it's just sort of bouncing back off him a bit, wasn't it? It was pretty pretty thankless up there. Delafay managed to get himself into a decent situation. He shot, he, he snatched at it and pulled it wide. So there's another chance we had there. But I can, I can kind of see what he's doing, bringing Isaac success on. I, I wonder whether taking Pereira off would have worked instead of, of Delafay. I thought Delafay looked um, prob- probably the more um, likely to ask questions of that Tottenham defence breaking forward. Um, and Pereira, to me, didn't really look... I don't, me and Andy were saying he doesn't look, he doesn't look fit. I think that he's absolutely lethargic in the first half uh, in, the, in the second half maybe that was a tactical <laughs> thing for him to sit back and not try and run too far forward and push it forward but it, it, it wasn't just a tactics it seemed a big lack of energy from Bobby P so we go into uh, a weekend away game uh, we haven't been at home for ages um, that's what my mother keeps telling me uh, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's Brian away uh, you know I'm not going to look at their their run of games, but what, you know, and then say it's an easy, easier, difficult game. What what do we need to see different from tonight in we, this game? We need to. We're going to get just as few chances at Brighton, I think, as we did tonight. I think they're you know miserly in defence. That you, know, you can probably call last night a bit of a, a one-off, an abomination where they lost to uh, an aberration where they lost to what did they do? They shipped four second-half goals yeah. to 
to Fulham. Chris Hewton will be have them on the training ground for the next 48 hours solid, you'd have thought. Well, so we have to take our chances when they come, and, and Brighton is the perfect example of that. It's very difficult to gauge what form we're going into that game in after a game like this, because um, it is, you know, it's just a tricky. It was just a tricky proposition all night. So I don't think they should be too dispirited about about it. But they didn't take the chances when they came their way. It's going to be a similar situation at Brighton away. They get three probably decent chances. They need to put them in the back of the net when they come their way, um, and if we can do that, then then we'll definitely be in with a chance. But. Another another tough game, but they're the sort of games where Watford are going to dis- define this season. It's, it takes you by surprise now. What is there, 15, 14 games to go? The games get, get click, clicking off. Um, and does the points tally carry on on that upward trajectory like, we, like we've seen it, like we want it to? Well, these are the sort of games which will, which will define that. So let's wait and see. It's going to be a really difficult one. Brighton away is, is tough, tough, tough. Said it plenty of times, this side is good enough to get a result at Brighton. Can they deliver on the day? It's up to them. I hope so. I hope so. I hope hopefully Watford fans aren't too dispirited after that. Hopefully the, the squad themselves aren't too dispirited. I wouldn't expect them to be. Um, definite areas for improvement. Um, just, go, just go and do the business. Off to seaside. Um, to some cockles and some fish and chips before the game. Thank you very much for listening. A little shorter from the recruit, but two in a week, you know, we try our best. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for following us on our social medias at Little Podcast on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. Come on, you boys!